Welcome to the whole enchilada, a community of high achievers that fight the status quo, rebel against mediocrity, and make life happen. Let's go. Hey, Enchilada Nation, uh, really excited about our conversation today. Um, I was just telling Dana, our guest today, uh, last year I had an opportunity because I traveled so much to make a lot of new friendships, a lot of new connections, all of which are important to me. So if you're listening to this and I met you last year, I'm not discounting our connection, but I will tell you one of my favorite relationships uh, that I started building last year and nurturing uh, is with this incredible uh, woman today, Dana Jantry. Uh, not only is she just a great human being, but just a brilliant mind in, in, in an entrepreneur. So I'm so excited to learn from you today. Dana, thanks for being on the on the show with me. Yeah, thanks for having me. And Linda and I, by the way, Marcus, I forgot to tell you this before we started, but we loved having you on our podcast. The episode was so good. We had great feedback. It was it was really good. awesome. Good. It was it was so much fun. Um, and I'm excited about our conversation today. The, the podcast she's referring to is is her and Linda McKissick have an incredible podcast called Everything Life and Real Estate, uh, which I highly encourage you to to check out and follow. Um, and uh, Dana, you could talk a little bit more about that here in a minute. Yeah. Um, but the that I'd love to jump into our topic at hand here in a second, but what else should our listeners know about who you are, what you're about before we we get into our topic? Yeah, awesome. Okay, so let's see. This is my 18th year in real estate. Um, I actually started, I got licensed when I was a sophomore in college at the University of Kentucky. Um, I actually for a long time, never liked to, not that I was embarrassed, but I don't know. I just didn't really love to share that I'd never graduated college. Um, I don't have a college degree. <clears throat> I was a sophomore and someone said, you should get your real estate license. And I was working for a property management company. And so I got my license like just over the summer and started working for a builder and had quick sales and just got really into it. And I never went back to school. So yeah. uh, I know at some point I'm like, maybe I will go back to school, but I, so far it hasn't happened. Um, but since then have just been in love with all things real estate and, and really my heart is serving people. And so I, um, you know, for a while too, Marcus, I struggled because I am a person of faith and that's really, really important to me. And I struggled thinking, you know, oh my gosh, I'm not like, serving in these other countries or I'm, I'm not, you know, leading a church or anything like that. And then one day really clearly, um, I like just through mentorship and John Maxwell had said this to me a couple of times and really clearly I heard like, you're to, you're to make a difference in the secular world through your spirituality. And so that was probably about five years ago. And ever since then, you know, I thought, okay, I, because I love business. I mean, I love I love everything about entrepreneurship and and being a business owner and building things and all of that stuff. But I also felt like, man, am I making a difference for the kingdom by doing this stuff or not? Um, and so that was a really cool moment to just know, you know, yes, like some people are called to do things spiritually and other people are called to use their strengths and talents in the secular slash business world. And for me, that that's definitely where I'm called to be. Um, but then like to, you know, serve and make a difference doing that too. So led me down a lot of great opportunities in real estate that I've had. I still have a team that sells in central Kentucky in the Lexington and Louisville area, um, live in Charleston, South Carolina. Most of the time I still go back to Kentucky one week every month to visit my offices and stuff, but, um, lead, uh, two now Keller Williams, great Keller Williams market centers, one in Kentucky and one in Columbus, Ohio. 
And yeah, gosh, I don't know what else. I think that's about it. Wow, that, that's, a, that's a long list. That's awesome. I, I love too that you, you uh, talked a little bit about it really is a, a very thin line, much thinner than I originally thought in my career between the impact I'm, I'm making in the business world versus the impact I'm trying to make in, yeah. in, in building the kingdom and being a person of faith. And I, I, it was interesting too. It, I, I had to make that connection too, that I, I believe leadership in general is about influencing people and what, you know, John Maxwell calls says yep. leadership is influence. And you think about in both the business world and in spirituality, if you're trying to, if you're trying to lead people, it's all influence and people are living a, com a complete life. Not everything is not done in silo. So I I'm the same way. I, I feel like I am having by building my businesses and creative people. If you do it with the right heart, the right mind, you know, but I think it is a fine line. So I, I love that you say that. And I, I love that, that what we do in the entrepreneur world is it's we, every day you go to work, you can have a positive impact spiritually with people too. Yeah, absolutely. It's, I think it's really important. And, you know, I was thinking when you said that too, like, I just think, especially where we're at kind of in the world right now, I don't know, there's just so, it seems like there's so much chaos and turmoil and, and all those things all the, all the time that are happening. And I just, I, I always have the mindset of, wait, I, I used to, well, let me back up. I used to struggle with saying, okay, what's my purpose for years? Like, what was, what's my purpose? What's my purpose? Well, the answer is when you're a person of faith, like your purpose is to honor God and like, you know, yeah. make a difference in the kingdom. Your assignments are what lead you to be able to do that. And your assignment can be what you're doing every day, your role as a leader, your role as a business owner, whatever that is, that's your assignment. I think when I had that mindset shift of the differences between those two, I just thought, okay, I'm going to be a great business owner and a great leader. And at that, that those are my assignments. And so, you know, I'll use yeah. those to, to make an impact. So yeah, making an impact is really important to me. Yeah. I think one of the things that happened that kind of gave me some clarity on recognizing the, the thin line between it is I found, I, I think what we, what we talk to God about, what we're praying about shows a lot of our priority. Yeah. And uh, I found, I found uh, when, when I'm praying, a lot of times it's about how to be a better leader or how do I help this organization or this person within my organization is going through this challenge. And I'm like, well, it, it is, there is, it is much more tied than I think a lot of people make a connection on. So yeah, because that person doesn't have to be a person of faith. They don't even have to know that you're praying for them or, I mean, really, yeah. yep. I mean, hopefully they are, but if not, it doesn't really matter either way. Yep. That's right. So yeah, I mean, a minute ago, you talked about purpose and that you, uh, there was a time in your life uh, where you were struggling, like, what is my purpose? I'm, I'm hustling, I'm pushing, I'm growing. But ultimately, if you strip it all back, what is my purpose? And a lot of times we talk about brands, right? What, what is someone's brand? And I think, I think sometimes people confuse brand as what color is your business card and what does it say versus totally. your purpose is who you are and how you show up. Yeah. And I, I think the, the people that are winning in, in business is that their brand and their purpose are in alignment. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to chat about that a little bit because you're so good at branding and telling your story and attracting people to, to who you are and what your organization stand for. So I want to, I want to focus our conversation a little bit about like, is that something that's always just come natural to you? Or is that something that you've learned and built over time? And how did you approach it? Yeah, great questions. And thank you for that, because I have worked really hard on it. <laughs> so it's always nice when people, you know, recognize something you've worked hard on. Um, no, it d definitely has not always come natural to me. What has come natural to me is building relationships and 
you know, being an authentic person. And I think those are steps kind of one, you have to be confident in who you are and you have to be authentic um, because nobody wants to follow a leader that's right all the time. They want to follow a leader that's real. And so I think you have to be, you have to have that authenticity and you have to be confident in who you are. One of my friends actually, because when you're building a brand, no matter what it is, somebody, there's always going to be somebody hating, you know, or hating oh, yeah. on whatever. And one of my best friends, he always says this. He says, um, people never attack people that are above them. Hate always comes from below. And it's so yeah. true if you think about that. And so yeah. I think you have to keep that in your mind when you're building a brand, because, you know, people are always going to have something to say about who you are or what you do. But at the end of the day, really, who cares? Because I would, I don't know about you. I'm sure you're the same way, but I'm not really taking advice or criticism from somebody that I don't want to be like them. Um, or I don't look at their life and say, yep. man, you know, that's the life that I want to have. And for me, I want to help people have bigger lives and find their purpose and have and create more opportunities while being true and authentic to myself. So, and I already said serving was important to me. So when, when you look at building a brand, it has to be what really is naturally you and what gives you energy. So that's like that when I was thinking through this, Marcus, I was thinking the first thing is you, whatever brand you're building has to give you energy. You have to really believe in it. It has to be the real you. Um, it's got to give you energy. And then the second part of that is who do you want to be a hero to? Uh, which is something that, you know, Linda McKissick talks about this all the time. She's taught me this so much. Um, but it's really, who do you want to be a hero to? Because your brand may not appeal to every single person that's out there. I mean, it, it's likely, you know, not going to appeal to a lot of them, but your goal is to find out who do you want to be a hero to? And then that's who, that's who really your brand should be targeted towards. And, you know, I think, I don't know if you've met Tyler, who's, who does all of my video work and stuff or not. I can't remember, but I I, maybe, but I don't, I don't recall. I can't remember. I don't think he was here when you were in Charleston, but he is so great. Um, and one of the things that he always lately, I've been working more on my brand. And one of the things that he keeps telling me lately is what are people coming to you for? Like, what are the questions that you get asked the most? And a lot of times it might not even be about your job or real estate or what do you, what do you do? Like, this is ironic and you're, you're going to probably could care less about this, but I did a reel on my skincare routine because people constantly message me and say like, what face products do you use? What do you use on your skin routine? It's like a girl thing. I think, you know, your wife's probably into this. Um, but, and so I told Tyler that, and I was like, but I'm a business person looking to talk to business people. And he said, yeah, but your brand is what people think about when they think about you really ultimately. And you can use those things to draw them into your say social media or your sphere of influence or your circle. And then you're, you know, they know that I'm in real estate. They know I'm an entrepreneur. They know I'm a coach. They know I have a podcast, all those things. But what's of value to them is probably different than what's value to me. And they might want to know what your skincare routine is. And or like one I get asked all the time is, I'm coming to Charleston for the weekend. Like, what do I need to do when I come to Charleston? Or where, where yep. should I eat? What should I do? So like, we just made a reel about that. And all of those things encompass your brand. Um, but a great way is to just either post on your social media or email, you know, 50 people that know you and say, when you think about me, like when you hear Dana Gentry, what do you think about? What are like the things that come to your mind? Because that's your brand. The real question is whether you like it or not, <laughs> but that's what your brand is. Yeah, I love that, and I think a, I think a lot of times what 
uh, there's a disconnect with, with what people say they want to be known for versus what they are known for, totally. which I think when those two things are in alignment is kind of when you're going to hit your stride. Yeah, um, but and that only- takes intentionality. Yeah. Like that takes intentionality. I mean, you have to, I've spent the last three years really being intentional with that because I knew who I wanted to be a hero to. And I also wanted to stay authentic and, you know, real to myself while building a brand and it, yeah, I mean, it can, it can be a struggle, especially because I don't, I mean, I could post, you know, motivational stuff every day or what's happening in the real estate market every day, but a lot of the people aren't going to find value in that until they yep. need it until they look yep. up and yep. say, oh, okay, I need it today. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that's a great question too, to ask who, who do you want to be a hero to? Because if you think about it, you, you cannot be a hero to everybody. And I actually think when I got in business 20 years ago, the advice from a marketing standpoint, from a branding standpoint was build it in a way that appeals to everybody. So you almost were really neutral. Yeah. And I think that actually is contradictory now. Like the, the, if you don't have clarity on, on who your target audience is and that, and that's, and serving those people gives you energy, you're in essence going to connect with nobody. So true. Yeah. It's so true. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, who you want to be a hero to is probably one of the most important questions. And that can take some time to really think through and journal and, and figure that out. I think sometimes people, I always, I tell Tyler, who does my video stuff, I feel like sometimes people come to my Instagram and they're like, you know, she has good energy and we like her, but we have no clue what she does because there's so, it's there's so much. You probably sometimes feel the same way. You know, it's like when you get to be in that entrepreneurial space, which we might talk about this next about what to say yes to and what to say no to, you get to a point where, you know, you say yes to maybe too many things or more things, and then it can be confusing for your brand. So I've been going through like a rebrand of, okay, what, what do people like when they come to my page or when they hear my name, you know, what do they think about? And is that what I want them to think about? And then also what can they expect from me? Like, if you're going to follow me on social media, you're, you're, you can expect that you're probably going to see, you know, some stuff about faith. You're probably going to see some entrepreneur stuff you're probably gonna see my family and my dogs and you know, what I like to wear. So, I mean, it's all, it can be all over the place, but the expectation should be like, you, they know what to expect from your brand. You know, I think, I think that goes back to a word that you used a couple of times when we started talking, which is the word authentic. Cause it, in, cause you look at the whole enchilada too, the whole premise behind the whole enchilada is how to live a complete life across multiple platforms. And so I've actually had some coaches I, when I was talking about how to do my branding, they're saying, you're thinking too on too many platforms, either do a podcast on entrepreneurship or do a podcast on health and fitness or do a podcast. But they, and I, and I went against all those coaches advice, which there's probably some validity to what they're saying. But what I want people to say yes to is a life by design, a complete life, not a portion yeah. of a great life. Um, so talk Talk me through like how to how do you get to authenticity? Because I think we live in a world where so many people are making choices based on who they feel like they should be or someone is telling them they should be that I, I feel like people have a hard time getting to their authentic true selves, myself included. We all get caught in this trap is like, how do you strip it down to true authenticity? Because then you need that to build a brand on. Yeah, great question. Yeah. <laughs> um... I think it's a lot of intentional time like with yourself and 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 journaling things out and asking yourself questions and like who do you want to be known for and um and I just started doing this just a few years ago but I also think to 
you know, I, I told my coach this this week, you'll actually appreciate this without like going too deep into it. One of the things that I don't like sometimes about organizations is they can be like political to a sense of everybody's just trying to like vie for attention or they want to be the one to be recognized on a call or to be on stage at a, you know, it's like, what do you have to do to get to where you, you get like that? And I have never really resonated with that. I just, it's always been kind of a, more of a turnoff for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was talking with her, with my coach about that. And she said, why do you think that is? And I said, because I feel like those people are being inauthentic to themselves. They're doing that because they think it's something that they need for like some sort of, you know, recognition or, or whatever the reason is. <clears throat> and she said, well, you know what that means, don't you? And I said, what? And she said, that means that authenticity is one of your values and that it's being violated when that happens. And so that's mm-hmm. why it like irritates you so bad. And I was like, man, that's so true. But I think to get to it, you really have to know what your values are. And so whether you do a that, like, actually, I love the one thing has those like card decks. Yeah. yeah, that's a great exercise to do to figure out what your values are. There's tons, you can just Google value exercises and there's tons of them. Uh, my coach has a great, Terry's done a great one with me for several years. We've done it a ton of times and it's just a values course. But I think you have to know what your true values are to really then get to your authenticity or to get to your authentic level. And then I also think you have to, you know, I don't know, I'm not an expert on this, but I think you have to be okay with knowing that it's like, it's that part is selfish and it's about you who, once you know what your values are and you know who you are and you're in your authentic, authentic state, authentic, now I've lost the word, authenticity, (laughs) authentic, Authentic, yeah, yeah, one of them. You aren't worried about what everybody else is, is saying or focusing on, like you're focused on you. And I always think of that perfect image of uh, Michael Phelps. And I don't remember the year, but it's when he was swimming to be the most, uh, the winningest Olympian of all times um, for the gold, like the most gold medals ever. And there's this one image, I actually have it saved somewhere here on my computer, but it's, it's like the last stroke and he's like looking straight ahead. And the other guy is looking over Mm -hmm. at Phelps and and Phelps wins by like an 18th of a second or something like that. And they actually said that, I think the other guy's name was Chad Ochos or something, but if he would have been looking straight ahead, his actual forward momentum would have won. But because he was looking over his shoulder to see what Phelps was doing, he lost and Phelps mm. won. And I always think of that image in my head because I think once you're in that authentic space, you have to really like almost have blinders on you know what I mean like you're so focused on what you're doing that you're not even looking around to see what everybody else is doing like you're doing what you're doing yeah because at that point why why does it matter what someone else is doing because you're you're already so resolved and committed to being your ideal true self totally and that that doesn't mean like I feel like I should say Marcus that I mean I get caught in comparisons that doesn't mean like you're never gonna slip into some sort of comparison trap I mean it happens to everybody all the yeah. time but I just think when when it does happen you can be more aware of it when you're in your oh, yeah. authentic space um and you can snap out of it quicker well I think I mean to that point I think unfortunately I think our world is designed in such a way now that it wants you to be in a, a constant state of comparison totally and and then also designed to be like and once you've compared once you're in that state of comparison you're more influenceable 
And yep. I mean, you even think about you, it, as powerful of a tool as social media and marketing is, it's, it's, it can be a tool for the positive, but a lot of times it's being used as a tool to inhibit or, or stagnate someone's growth or, or actually creating inauthenticity in someone because they want you to believe what they want you to believe. So yeah. it's interesting that it's a tool that could be used for so much good can also be the, the thing that's keeping you stagnant. Yeah, totally. And I think too, I always remember John Maxwell says, sometimes other people see things in you that you don't see in yourself. And so I really, and I believe that like when we get maybe in that space where we aren't feeling as authentic or we're in like a comparison zone, I just try to remember like, okay, what would Marcus say about, or what would, you know, Adam say, like, what do other people see in me that maybe for whatever reason this week, I'm not seeing in myself. Mm -hmm. And that usually helps too. But I did have one quote I when I pulled up because I wanted to share with you. This is the quote that I shared that I told our leadership teams and our market centers, this is going to be our quote of the year. And it was, it's by John Maxwell. And he said, true competitors are not trying to beat someone else. They're trying to be the best that they can be. And the byproduct is beating other people. Mm. Ooh, that's powerful. And I, that is very powerful. As soon as I read that, I was like, that's it. That's it for 2024. Like we aren't focused on what everybody else is doing. We're going to be the best and the byproduct will be that we'll beat everybody else. Like that's how we will win. Man, and I, I, I love that. That's power. That's powerful. Yeah, it's a good one. Really good. One. I, I think this, I think that leads perfectly into the second topic I wanted to cover with you is, is once, once you strip everything back to your true authentic self and you start getting cleared in who you are, then it gives you the platform to start building your brand, but there's choices to make on top of that authenticity. Right. And the, the world we live in is there's no shortage of, of choices you can make. And I think one of the most important skill sets that you have to acquire is, is learning to make the right choices, saying yes to the right things, which in essence in the world we live in means you're saying no to a lot more things than you're saying yes to. Yeah. Um, and I, I know that jokingly, you, your team, I know your team had approached you said, hey, we picked your word for you next year, which is no. Yeah. And I, I saw that little silly no button and, and mailed it to you as a, as a joke. Um, but I wanted to chat about that for a minute because I, I, looking historically, you know, success leave clues. You looking historically, you've said yes to a lot of the right things. I mean, your success is staggering and very, very impressive, which means that you are in a pattern of of saying yes to the right things. Now, if you're like me, there's a, a sprinkled some no, some things in there that I said yes to that I should have said no to, yeah. and that will continue to be the case to some extent. But the better we can get at saying yes to the right things is important. How do you approach that? Yeah, great question, and thank you for saying that. Um, I have said yes to way too many things. This is something I've worked with my coach on for six years, the last six years, probably. And I was thinking about this one too. And it, what made me think the first, the, the first thing that I thought about is there are different seasons and cycles in your life. So like earlier on, I felt like I needed to say yes to everything because I was always taught every great business person knows all their opportunities or knows all their options that yep. lead to opportunities. So I would, you know, I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do. I, you know, I wanted to make more money. I was, you know, I wanted to know what opportunities were. So I would say yes to multiple things. And in the beginning, not worrying about what I would worry about now, which I'll get to that in a second. But I think you go through different cycles where there are sometimes where you might need to say yes to multiple things so that you can really see what you like and what works the best and, you know, what, what was a great opportunity and not being afraid to fail. I think most people don't say yes because they're so worried that they're going to fail or, you know, they're going to disappoint. You're definitely going to fail. I mean, the best leaders fail so much so that John Maxwell's new book this year is uh, the return on failure. <laughs> mm. uh, 
because he says we need to get better at understanding that there is a return on failure. But I think after a lot of coaching and a lot of mistakes being made, for me, what I say yes to versus what I say no to now is all about the who. Like it is, it's the jockey, it's the person, like it is the who. And and you get to a point, you know, it's almost like in real estate, you either need, sorry, grab my dog is not behaving today. You get to a point in real estate where in the beginning you have, you need more money, right? Most people have all this time, but they need more money. So your priorities are different. And then it's like you wake up one day and this light switch goes off and you have all this money and you're like, crap, I have no time. I've got to figure out how to get back control of my time. And it's kind of the same thing, in my opinion, with these opportunities. Like you want to say yes to all this stuff. And then one day you wake up and you're like, crap, I said yes to way too many things. Now I got to figure out what do I need to say no to? And I had a, yeah, I mean, this is, it's funny that you asked this because yeah, everybody is like said, you can't say yes to anything else and, unless you get some stuff off your plate, which is true. And part of that was me, was ego, honestly. And I don't really like, I'm not really an ego person, but for some reason, I think I found myself like, yeah, you need another market center and then you need another market center. And I said yes to taking over another market center a year and a half ago. And I knew it wasn't the right timing. I knew it was probably not the right people. Um, And anyway, now I'm in the process of selling it and I'm going to lose quite a bit of money. And, but the worst thing, worse than losing the money is my, one of my other offices. That's always been like my very best one. We had our worst year we've ever had. And I know it was because, I mean, there were some other factors, so it's not the main thing, but, and thankfully I have really great partners there who are understanding but I know it was because I chose to say yes to something else and my focus was diluted. And yep. so you just, I think you have to really weigh, but for me now it's all about the who it's and, and it's about, I just, have you read uh, be your future self now by Ben Hardy? No, you sent me that book. It's, it's one of my oh, yeah. books I'm going to read. Oh, okay. Like you have, I know everybody says you got to read this book. You got like, you yeah. have to, read I mean, it is so I highlighted like every sentence basically it's so good but when you really understand that be your future self now mentality like whatever you're saying yes to is it getting you closer to your to who you are in 10 years and if it's not then it's probably a distraction um I don't have this like memorized or pulled up and I just thought about it so I'll send it to you and maybe you can like put it in the show notes or something but years ago Brian Gubernick sent me a like a two-pager um business opportunity filter kind of sheet. And I've used it so many times. Oh, really? Yeah, I'll send it to you. It's really great questions. And it's like, just makes you think like, okay, you know, is this something that I should entertain or is it not? And part of it is like, who's the jockey? Who's the who? Is it somebody that you're in alignment with? Um, You know, is it somebody that you want to learn from or that you want to be in business with? I think for me, one of the biggest things and mistakes that I've made is when I've said yes to things, it has not been the right who. And I'm a big person like energy and being around the right people and if I'm not I can get drained really quick Um, so that's a big one but it asks really great questions and I wish I could remember the rest of them but I'll send it to you yeah I'd love to get that Brian uh, I think is a brilliant guy every time I've I've got to spend a little bit of time with him I've learned learned a lot so yeah it's a great way to see that yeah I think really good I think that I'm with you on that a lot of what I'm saying yes to now has a lot to do with the who, because the, the, the hot, the more people you're leading, the more people you're sharing your energy with. And if they're not giving energy back, you get sucked of energy very quickly. 
100%. Um, and then, and then even your, even the tasks you are the best at, which, which should be giving you happiness and energy. You don't have the energy to do them if you're not getting reciprocated to that energy. So I, I, I think that's a big thing. If you're not loving who you're surrounded by, it's time yeah. to, it's, it's time to change your, your circle. Yeah, I think I totally agree. And I, the, the second to me, most important thing, which may not be important to everybody, but to me is the energy that it gives me. So every year I have a goal to get more percentage of time operating in my unique ability. And the unique ability exercise is something that came from Dan Sullivan um, of strategic coaching. You can yep. Google unique ability and you can, you can get it the exercise for free on his website. Um, but the purpose of the exercise and the worksheet is you list like everything, as many things as you can think of that you would do say in a week for all your yep. roles or your jobs. And then you break them out into these four categories. And like the, the fourth one is like, I hate it. I'm terrible at it. It gives me no energy. I make mistakes when I do it. The third one is like, it causes me stress um, that I can do it. Then the excellent one, which is the most dangerous one, is everybody else would say you're great at it and you are great at it, but it does it gives you zero energy. So mm -hmm. like me, when I was selling real estate, that was that was actually selling real estate, to be honest. At a yeah. certain point, you know, after 10 years, I, people would say, Oh, she's the best. She's great. She's the new construction girl. But and I really probably was, you know, to say humbly. But I got to a point where it gave me no energy. Like I just was like, oh my gosh, I have to go listen to other. I mean, you know, it was like, and then the unique is you're great at it and you could do it for the next 25 years. I mean, it just totally gives you energy when you do it. And, you know, it takes a lot to get to a point where you can say you have even 50% of your time in your unique ability, which should be yeah. the first goal. But to inch more towards a hundred every year, like is my goal. And so- yeah. If it's not something that's in my unique ability, then right now it's probably a no because I just, I can't have the energy sucked. Yep. Uh, and I think that's a really important uh, delineation because particularly, you know, a lot of the entre entrepreneurs that we we hang out with are high talent, which a high talent person can be good at a lot of things, whether it yeah. gives them energy or not. So sometimes we, we get accolades, we get opportunities to do more of something we're doing well, but it may not be something that excites us. And you're in essence, building a little bit of your own prison. And so a lot of times when I go through that exercise with someone when I'm coaching them to, to really identify their zone of genius, what do they love doing that gives them energy? The next thing that's kind of a fun exercise, but also a, a sombering moment is to get their calendar out and say, let's review the last 30 days, yeah. how much of your time was spent doing that. Yeah. And it's very, normally very, very little time was actually spent doing the thing that would have brought them the most energy or happiness. Yeah. You just said something that made me think of, I, I remember one time I had a conversation with my coach and she was like, you know, all the things you're doing and what's bringing you energy and blah, blah, blah. And I, I think I must've been just like stressed out that day, but I was like, I could do it though. And she's like, I just want to say from experience, one thing to you. And I was like, what is it? And she said, you can until you can't. And I was like, well, what does that mean? And she, she was like, just you can until you can't. And at the time, you know, I was like, no, but I can. I mean, I, I'll just get it all done. I always have been able to. And then, you know, this, but unfortunately I lost my dad last year and it was, I mean, just like the worst thing ever. I've ever. It's like the horriblest thing ever. I can't even, it's just terrible. And really it hit me and I called Terry and I said, honestly, like, I remember you told me months ago, I can't until I can't. And like, I can't right now. So I got to figure out, you know, who I can leverage stuff to or what I can do. And that's one, what we would call a life's unexpected. And, mm -hmm. you know, whether it's, you know, whether it's hopefully nothing like that tragic that someone passes away or it's, you know, you get, 
COVID and you're down for three weeks or whatever it is, yeah. all these life unexpecteds can happen. And that's when you're really looking up saying, wow, okay, what does my calendar reflect? <laughs> what, ha what have I said yes to? What do I maybe need to say no to? It's just those things happen and it, it, it can, it can shake it up. And really then if you, once you get through it, you know, then you can say, okay, wow, what can I learn from this and how can I be even better? How can I make my calendar look even more like I want it to look like? Yeah. I, I love that. Um, anything, any other thoughts or comments you want to share on, on, I, I think we covered some really good ideas on how to get better at saying yes to the right things. Anything else you'd want to add to that? I think, no, the only thing I think is just like, just be mindful. Once you're mindful, just be mindful of what could be a distraction. And I think too, in the back of my head, I'm always thinking, Linda always says this to me, like go deeper on what you already have. That's great. And which is sometimes hard for me because I have like a five-year itch that's terrible once. And it's, <laughs> and it's like, it's a real thing. Like in yeah. everything, like usually I've like, started it, built it. It gets great. We get to number one and like right at the five-year mark, I'm like, okay, I'm ready to do something else. <laughs> um, I got the same it, disease. Oh my gosh. It's a real, it's a real disease. And Linda will say, go deep in what you have. I'm like, I know, but I don't want to, like, I'm, it's our, <laughs> I want to do something else. And so I think once you, like, you just need to know how you are as a person, maybe somebody's listening and they're not like that. They're like in it for the long haul. That's awesome. But you have to know what you are and then or how you are, and then you can really figure out, okay, is this going to be a distraction? And also last thing, just ask people around you. Cause usually like Adam will be the first to say, I, I told you to never take that office. And I'm like, yeah. I know you did, <laughs> but sometimes we can't see it, you know? Oh, yeah. Sometimes I've let my, um, um, my emotional excitement override the logic behind yeah. the right decision. Yeah, same. For sure. I love that. Great advice. Um, if it's okay, I want to throw an audible at you and, and shift yeah. gears and ask another question. One of my one of my personal goals this year uh, for the next sixty days, I've uh, with a lot of our, our our network and our community, I've I've issued a sixty day challenge for different categories of their life to really track and be purposeful for sixty days on a couple things. Yep. And for me, one of the my focuses in mindfulness and spirituality is I'm keeping a very purposeful uh, journal for 60 days of where uh, Christ is showing up or Jesus is showing up in my life, like yep. in the unexpected moment. Um, I, I've admired your faith and and how you approach that and live that. Uh, any advice or comments on on what you do to perceive that or see that or invite that into your life on a day to day basis? Yeah, I love that. Um, I'm actually doing a 21 day um, prayer and fasting thing right now that I do every single year <clears throat> in January. Uh, only this year, it's normally virtual. Like I watch it on TV every morning at 6 a.m., but this year mm. it's in person. So I'm in, I'm in church every day at 7 a.m. for 21. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And it, but it's, and I'm only on day four, but it's been great. And I've done this for years. Um, I think. It, I don't know. I don't know if this will resonate with you or anything, but for me, like it's honestly slowing down enough to just be still and be quiet to be able to really hear. Um, I love prayer. Like I look so forward to prayer to, for, to my prayer time. Uh, and sometimes it's because, you know, I'm like, I'm asking for something or, you know, I need, but most of the time it's just because the truth is like God has blessed me. Like if I never got another blessing for the rest of my life, I already have enough blessings. Like I have mm. been so blessed, like way beyond what I ever even imagined or, or deserved for, for sure deserved. 
Um, and so I think for me, it's like, I just really try to, and I'm embracing this this year, but just slowing down enough and making it a priority. I feel like a lot of times it, it kind of comes like last, which is sad. Um, but it's also just, we have a lot of, we have our life, everybody has their kids and their family and their businesses and, you know, all the things that they do. And I heard, a I, I took a really great, like a faith-based kind of study two years ago. And it was all about putting God first and like first, like with your morning, first with your time, the first of your year. So like, that's why I'm doing this. Cause I want to give God my year. Cause whatever mm. he wants is what I like. There's a lot of biblical power in giving God first of your money. I mean, the, there's a first of a lot of stuff. And so for me, I think if you can kind of approach it with that first mentality and you can have your quiet time and you can just be able to slow down long enough because I, I know from experience, like definitely the Lord's not telling me anything when I'm going 5,000 miles per hour, because I don't even slow down enough to hear it. Quite frankly. I mean, he would have to just throw a bus in front of my face with, with the message on it. Yeah. So I think it's just slowing down um, enough to hear it. But then also I've been really intentional about surrounding myself with people who are growing in their spirituality and who yeah. that's, that's important to them. Um, cause it just, you know, it feels good. And I, I believe in what John Maxwell calls the God advantage. Like I, I believe that's real. Like you can see people and you're like, man, they have it. Like they've got the it factor, everything you probably have heard. People have probably heard like everything they touch turns to gold or, yeah. you know, everything that they do. Well, for people have said that about me a lot. And I'm like, it is not me. Like I have the God advantage and I believe yeah. that that's a, a real thing. And it's funny. Cause you'll, I'll meet people and I'll be like, Oh my gosh, you know, they've got it going on or like, they've got this or they've got that. And then later I'll learn that they're a person of faith. And I'm like, Oh, I should have known they had the yeah. God, they have the God advantage. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think a lot of times in, in business, it's become a little bit of a taboo thing to talk openly about. Um, yeah. And, and I, I'm just like, well, if if you're surrounded by yourself around people that you want to know what's important to them, shouldn't you feel comfortable sharing what's important to you? I pray like almost every day for God to make me bolder to like not be afraid to talk about it at work or, yeah. you know, with, and I'm like, not like some Bible beater that like throws yeah. it down everybody's throat or anything like that. Yeah. But I also don't ever want to, you know, there's a, I don't remember where it is, but there's a um, part in the Bible where like Jesus blesses these 10 people and of the 10, nine go on and one comes back and says, thank you. Yeah. And that has always stuck with me. Like, I just can't imagine being one of the nine and I don't ever want to be like that. Yeah. So I always try to think about that. I just want to be, I want to be the one. And I want people to feel that for me. Like, I want people to feel like, man, I feel good when I'm around her. And it's not because of me. It's just yeah. because- you know, I've like prayed to make sure that they feel that way or that God will use me, but it's, it's definitely a journey for sure. I mean, it's something that I think you grow in just like everything else all the time. Yep. I, I love that. And it really resonated to me too, the simple advice of just slowing down. Um, it's yeah. if, if you talk to my family and people that know me, like how it's almost like the word slow down is not in my vocabulary. I just naturally yeah. want to go, even though it drives my wife crazy sometimes. Cause even if we have like a a moment of nothing going on. I'm pacing around. Like, she's like, you're pacing like a lion right now. Just like settle down for a minute. I'm like, I feel like I should be doing something like if this yeah. my body's not used to this, <laughs> uh, but it was as a, a, just to be vulnerable last, last night in my, my journal and in keeping my commitment of, of writing specifically where I saw uh, Jesus show up in my life every day. My journal entry last night was I, 
I was moving too fast today. I didn't even, yeah. I didn't take time to see him. And and I wrote out, it doesn't mean he wasn't there. Yeah, but that's it, so true. It means I didn't slow down or, or be purposeful enough to recognize that moment. Yeah. And then committed to be like, that's, that's why I'm doing that exercise is how many days, how many days or moments of my life has he been there? Just like you hear, he's knocking on one side of the door and you yeah. need to open it. But Anyway, I, I just have really looked up to you that way. Thank you for your advice on that. I, I, yeah, I thanks for asking me. I love when I get to talk about that on podcast. So thanks. That's yeah. great. So awesome. Well, uh, we started our, our conversation today talking around um, branding and authenticity. Um, I know that anyone of our, our network, our, our, our group that listened to this, just you come across so authentic and every interaction I've had with you, it's, it's, I get the same version of you. Uh, which is awesome. So thank you for being your true authentic self. You're, you're a blessing to the world. And, and I really appreciate you leaning into us today. If our, uh, if our listenership, our, our, our people would like to learn more about you and follow you, what's, what's the best thing for them to do to get more Dana in their world? Yeah. Thank you so much. Love it. I need to come back to this one. Cause you just made me like build up on my bucket today. Um, uh, let's see. I'm on Instagram. I I primarily just like do Instagram direct message. So it's Dana G Gentry on Instagram. And then also would love for the podcast. If you want to listen, we have everything life and real estate podcast, Linda and I, it's not just, it really is that it's like, we talk about life <laughs> and we talk about real estate. So it, you're kind of going to get all sorts of different stuff, but, um, and then, I mean, yeah, just, you can, my email address, Dana Gentry, AKW.com, anything anybody needs. I'm very, open and transparent. If you, if you, if I don't respond, Heather will, one of us will respond, <laughs> but yeah, would love to help anyway. Awesome. Well, thanks. Thanks again. Uh, Enchilada Nation. I hope you got as much out of this conversation as I did. I took a page of notes. There were a lot of really great one-liners that I can't go back. Can't wait to go back and reflect on and think through and, and journal on and, and implement in my own world. Um, but I'm, I'm just grateful for everyone being part of the conversation, being part of the journey I'm on of becoming, becoming my ideal best version of me. Uh, and don't forget, go live life on your terms.